Hey everybody, Dave Hagen here. Today I want to talk about the great resignation. Apparently all sorts of people are quitting their jobs. We'll sort this out today on the Financial Wellness Podcast. Welcome to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to the financial success. Here is your host, financial problem solver and talk show host, Dave Hagan. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the Financial Wellness Podcast, or the TFWP, as we like to call it. You're listening to episode 422 in our fourth season far, far past what most podcasts last. Brian's got the week off, but uh, we have something special here today. We've got our announcer, Nick Appel, and he is with us taking a break from the bar exam. Nick, how's it going? Hey, Dave. Thanks again for that uh, <laughs> that little sentence. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess if you can call it a break, you know, we're we're still always working here at TFWP. Right, right. And I and I did say the bar exam, not a bar. He's not taking an, an ex, a break from the bar. The bar exam, or actually bar exam preparation. So what are you, in week eight or something? Yeah, just around that. Oh, and, you got another um, three, think, four to go? Yeah, I think today is actually the start of the 30-day countdown. Oh, my God. Well, good luck to that. And and thanks for taking a break and, and coming back to us for a little bit of uh, relief from the studying. Appreciate it. Of course, Dave. So, hey, everybody, it's good to be back. We're coming out of this big COVID-19 thing. And just think about this. A year ago, uh, June 2019, how crazy was that? We were thinking, how many people are going to die? How many millions of people are going to die? We just didn't know. Could have been less, could have been more. Turns out it was about 600,000, which was the same as the uh, flu that we had in uh, 1918. We were thinking, hey, the economy's closed up, buttoned up. We're all hanging out, getting uh, takeout delivered. Is the economy going to fail? We were thinking, are we going to be able to figure out how to put together a vaccine in time? Remember we said eight to 10 to 12 years to develop a, a vaccine. These were the things that we were talking about a year ago. And now it's almost over. I mean, we're full of comeback stories. We're full of things opening up. It's a really great time. Any comeback stories that come to mind there, Nick? Um, you know, I, I would say it's nice to, um, you know, you know, it's just nice to see the economy kind of thriving. I was, I was really scared for, you know, many business owners, you know, still having to pay rent and having their businesses shut down. So. Mm -hmm. Um, it's really nice. And, you know, I went to the Padres game the other day and can't, can't wait to talk about that. And the you're, Dodgers getting swept. <laughs> you're not a, you're not a Padres fan. No, but you know, I, I do like to root for the home team. And so I, I am a Dodgers fan, but it's a real mix of emotions day when you're there. Yeah, I'll bet. Hun, you wore, you, you wore your uh, Kershaw jersey. Don't you have a Kershaw jersey? Yeah, I wore my Kershaw jersey. Kershaw pitched that night. And, nice. um, did people was, say it, stuff to you? Oh, yeah. In the journey? Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Just people should relax and take a chill pill and just take it all in, right? 
Yeah, well, I would say that I think this year is the first year that the Padres are in contention. Um, maybe not for the pennant, but uh, they, they have a great team, Tatis, and their their pitching rotation is great. That's good stuff. Yeah, no, they got a they got a good team. From my point of view, not as good as the Dodgers, but hey, they got a <laughs> they they got a good team. You know, tell me a little bit about the crowd. What was the crowd like, and how'd you feel in the crowd? You know, I felt safe. Well, first of all, I got I have both of my Pfizer shots, mm-hmm. so I feel safe. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, it's just like back to normal. I, I mean, it's pretty much pre-COVID. Was it pretty weird to be in a crowd? I mean, I think I would be a, a little freaked still. I would say I would say I'm, I'm not freaked, but okay. you know, I also I have a different, I have a less safe perception of the virus than I believe other people do. Mm-hmm. Um, what I mean by that is I, I I feel safe, you know, being inoculated with the vaccine, but uh, it, it was just to me, it was really nice. It was kind of it, it caused me some relief from being around so many people and just because I'm a very personable person. Mm-hmm. So I, I really just enjoyed it. Yeah. You, you mentioned the shot a couple of times. You've had both your shots. Yeah. Yeah. For about uh, two months now. Oh, good for you. Any, any side effects? I mean, everyone was talking a couple months ago about side effects. You have any side effects? Not that I know of Dave, Not you know, for, for, fortunately, you know, I, after I got the shots, my, my arm, I had a little discomfort, a little pain, but you know, I heard other people had headaches and I've seen on the news recently about something going on with people's hearts. I really don't know. Yeah. But fortunately yeah. for me, I'm, I'm pretty good. I had both of mine and I got to tell you, I had I had quite a big um, side effect, you know, with my um, my arm. It for like a, a day afterwards, it, it it hurt. I mean, it felt like someone stuck a needle in it, it was a damn. I agree. Yeah, I, I, I mean, to me, it didn't feel like a needle. It felt like <laughs> almost like a knife or another object. But um, but yeah, I agree with you. Speaking of, uh, speaking of the Dodgers, when I, when I went in for the shot, they said, well, which arm? And I said, well, left, cause I'm saving the right for tonight for I'm pitching for the Dodgers. <laughs> and the gal goes, really? <laughs> <laughs> I said, no, no, that's, that's not, uh, that's not the case, but would you like my autograph? She goes, no, not really. <laughs> I said, how about my initials? No, uh-uh. <laughs> too funny. I tell you what I like. I like seeing more people out exercising. You know, I see people eating together in, in clusters outside. I love seeing people outside in greater numbers um, doing their thing. I, I love um, being able to go into a restaurant. I haven't been into too many, but, uh, you know, last night my wife and I were sitting inside a restaurant watching the cooks cook the stuff. And um, it just, it's just nice to be out and about a little bit. And that's kind of nice. It's kind of nice. I I mean, kind of piggybacking off that, it's also nice, not that, not that just us get to experience it, but we get to see other people experiencing living life too. Yep. No, so true. So true. Yeah. I think that this should give us um, a huge amount of, of gratitude. I mean, we, we developed this uh, vaccine in less than a year, about a year, whatever it was, were substantially past it, not completely past it. Could have been worse. Seems to me it could have been worse. You know, we we lost about the same amount of people as the the, the flu epidemic of 1918. But bear in mind, the population was a lot smaller then. So as a percentage of the population, our issues were less than back then. But on the good side, after 1918 came the roaring 20s and all that booming economy and spending and blah 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 blah. So maybe we're on. Whoa, for whoa, Dave, some are you kind saying of ride, man? Are, are we going to have another prohibition? 
What's no, going on? Nothing like that. Well, I'm, maybe. You never know. I doubt it. I doubt it. But I think we're going to see people buying goods and services. And I think that that'll be good for a lot of parts of the, the economy. And I think that this should give us an attitude of gratitude. And we've talked about that before. Remember back in episode 144, what was that like two years ago, two and a half years ago? Uh, we talked about the benefits of this outlook on our lives. So if any of you did not check out that episode 144, our first season actually, uh, probably in about September of our first season, check it out, The Attitude of Gratitude. But today I want to talk about the great resignation. That's what people are calling it. Uh, there's an article by Anthony Klotz, who's an associate professor of management at Texas A&M. And he has generally been associated with this term, the great resignation. And what's happened is apparently, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, 4 million people resigned or quit their jobs in April. And among those in the hospitality and, and retail industry, five out of every hundred people, 5% have quit or resigned. And the rate is also high among white collar workers. Uh, some of our listeners may remember, we talked about uh, about a month ago, a recent survey that said that almost 40% of millennials would quit their job if they had to go back to the office full time. So why are all these people quitting their jobs and what is the relationship or what's the takeaway from that? So the first question is why are there so many people quitting their job? Why is it so high? I think I saw somewhere someone said it was like a 20 year high in terms of people quitting their jobs. Well, first of all, number one, I think there's a buildup of people from last year that were going to quit their job anyway. They just couldn't quit it from home or they couldn't quit it on furlough. So there's kind of a, a backlog of people that are walking away. So that might be that might be one reason. Maybe another reason is people have had a chance to reflect on their jobs over the past year. And they're going, wow, I could do better than that. Another reason, great jobs are available. People are leaving their jobs. Remember, we, we talked um, with our um, resident millennial, Amanda, and she said that uh, before she got asked back to her job, she got a better job moving up the, the food chain. So her job is now available. And there's a lot of people that are going to apply for her job, which she said was a really good job. So as people are moving around, as people have uh, resigned and quit and gone under other, other things, there are a lot of jobs, great jobs, jobs up the food chain, if you will, that are available. So people are leaving their old stuff behind. And, you know, maybe the biggest reason, hey, people really like to work for the most part at home. It seems to, it seems to work. I mean, I remember a year ago thinking, oh, no one, you know, Zoom, people aren't going to work at Zoom. They're not going to work from home. They won't get stuff done. You know, they'll be going to the refrigerator all day, which is like what I would probably do. But uh, it actually worked. It actually worked. People got more done because they appreciated not having to get in the car. They appreciated not having to do all the things that they needed to do to, to go to work. And um, they didn't have to do all the, the chit chat and the, all the stuff that goes along with um, being in the office. So they liked it and they produced. Maybe another reason why there's more is because many people have saved money over the last year and they're, they're no longer paycheck to paycheck. 
I think there's a lot of people that actually saved money because they didn't have to buy new clothes because they didn't have to pay for gas. Those that were fortunate to be able to keep their jobs and they've been able to put some money aside and, you know, paycheck to paycheck. Whenever I hear people, politicians talk about that on TV, I cringe because I, I think that's one of the biggest uh, problems of our, our economic day besides, besides income disparity. Um, paycheck to paycheck is people just accept it as a norm and it shouldn't be. And I think people are starting to think differently if they've been able to put together some, um, some money. They're not day to day. They've got an emergency fund. And I think that that's a, that's a good thing. Well, Dave, um, yeah. you know, I have one more possible reason, but mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, that wasn't previously mentioned. Mm -hmm. How about employers who are, mandating that their employees get vaccinated before they come back to work. Spoken like a true law student, bringing up a cutting legal issue. I think on, it's really, I think it's really, really interesting because there was a notice at my law school because I used the library to study and it said that all students and employees and staff must be vaccinated by X date. Wow. So very interesting. Wow. So I think there's two schools of thought on that, right? I mean, one is a, a, a private enterprise should be able to control um, who, you know, who walks into the front door, as long as they're not discriminating in terms of, you know, race and gender and, and, um, um, you know, other protected kinds classes. Of, yeah. Other kinds of protected classes. Exactly. Um, and it's for the, the health and welfare and well-being of their people. On the other hand, do these people who had some kind of pre-existing relationship with the private entity, whether it be a school or, a, um, you know, or a business, have some kind of vested rights to complete their schooling or to enter into that? Or, um, and, and that is really some competing interests. Are you seeing a lot of people talking about that uh, in the legal field down there? Uh, I, I am, but I think it's just it's very interesting because, fun fact, you know, it's not the first time in the schooling system that we mandate that children or students have shots. I mean, I, I believe when I went to elementary school, I had to have what the polio vaccine, I mm -hmm. had to have measles, chickenpox, mm -hmm. you know, the whole shebang. Mm -hmm. So it's not the first time that, you know, this might have been challenged, or it's not even challenged yet, but discussed. Yeah. And I think it's, it's potentially, you know, ripe for making its way all the way to the Supreme Court because there's valid interests on, you know, both sides. If it were me, not that big of a deal. Shoot me in the arm, my arm hurts for a day. Big deal. I'm comfortable with the sheer volume of statistics, number of people that have gotten the shot as opposed to people that have had some kind of reaction. But that's me. Some people might have a hard time with that, might have a problem with it. I know people that have had a problem with that. And uh, my response to them is, you know, you, you do what you got to do. I can help you. You know, I'm going to do mine. I can help with the percentages. I just hope that you don't run into a situation with an illness um, that potentially could have been avoided. But people are going right. to do what they got to do, you know. But, but I think you just you made a really good point, though, that both sides do have competing reasonable and valuable interests. Right. And so we can only see what happens in the future. Right. And just because somebody is on the other side of the argument doesn't mean you should berate or belittle them or call them a Martian or a green haired, you know, person or whatever it is. Um, it's something to be respected, even if we don't even if we don't agree with it. And that's 
that's kind of a way we like to approach things here on the on the TFWBP, being respectful and of neutral opinion and neutral well, and and potentially neutral. I mean, I've I've made my I've made my opinion on many things over the last four years, <laughs> as you well know, because we finish a show and you chastise me for it. <laughs> But I think we're respectful of, of everybody's point of view. I think, that's, I think that's important. So I saw an interesting article in The Atlantic a few weeks back. It was written by Derek Thompson, and he's written a number of uh, columns um, in numerous magazines over the years. And he talks about this as being the golden age of labor readjustment. And he says, wow, um, employees are rethinking their jobs they're rethinking how they want to go to their jobs. They're rethinking how much they want to get paid for what they do, what benefits they might have, and whether they're simply willing to, to walk away. He talks about the fact that automation is taking place and people are having the opportunity to move up the pay scale to other jobs. He talks about the fact that later labor productivity is rising at its fastest rate in more than 20 years, and it's still accelerating and he's saying, is this whole resignation thing part of some golden age of labor re readjustment? Or is it just a short-term bump in response to COVID? Any thoughts, Nick? Not on this one, Dave. You got nothing, huh? You got nothing. You're getting ready to go read some con law. <laughs> Well, well, actually, to, to tell you the fun fact, I just looked up on Google uh, the mm -hmm. constitutionality of mandating COVID-19 uh, vaccines in the workplace. Mm -hmm. So, you, you know, that conversation really just uh, really just fascinated me. And, oh, you and, law students, you guys, you guys just love the cutting edge stuff where there's good arguments on both sides. Yeah. And, and Dave, you know, I, I was just reading this article that I just pulled up and it says, the federal government's authority to institute a general vaccine mandate is unclear, welcome to law, and has not yet been tested in the courts, though it is likely limited at best. So it'll be really interesting to see if there's going to be a challenge, and I highly presume there will. Yeah, yeah. I can see where, um, you know, if a business wants to require it, a private enterprise, a school, a, you know, a business, a yogurt shop or whatever, um, that's going to be one cluster of arguments. Um, but if the government were to come out and say, everybody's going to do this, I don't know. That's, that's, a, that's a different set of arguments altogether. I mean, there's something inviolate about, um, you know, our bodies and, and what governmental entities want to do that. And, you know, they were saying that uh, in the vaccine, there were certain kind of metals so that uh, people could uh, track us with the uh, new 5G. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> but, but, but but there's but people also, that believe that, and if they but, want to, okay. I can't imagine, but okay. But but Dave, you know, I, as both you and I learned in constitutional law, what the federal government can do or implement through federal government workers is mm -hmm. a lot different than what the federal government can do for either state regulation or for private companies or corporations. Or for just up against the general public. If, right. the, if the federal government says, hey, you want to work for us, you need a COVID shot. Okay. I think they've got the ability to do that. But if they come out and say, everybody's going to get the shot, 
Ah, it starts to feel kind of big brother to me. Yep. Commandeering, yep. I believe it is. <laughs> It's going to be interesting to see. But getting back to the, the point uh, and, and Mr. Thompson's article in The Atlantic, he, he was saying, look, is this really a golden age or is this just a short-term response? And I think that the jury is still out. I think a lot of the stuff that we're seeing and the arguments um, for potential uh, golden age analysis are very, very interesting. We've been talking about this for for a year, Nick, we've been talking about how people are going to telecommute. We've been talking about Zoom and people off the highway and um, all these other things. We've talked about, heck, the way that we produce the the podcast, for that matter. Very interesting to see all these changes kind of come down the line. Well, Dave, are, are you going to mandate that um, I get the vaccine? Or wait, I have the vaccine. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if you want to be on the podcast, you got to have, uh, you know, you got to have a a shot, you know, and not in the arm. We want everyone to get their shot right in the bottom there, you know, and, and make sure to bring your passport. <laughs> well, that's a whole nother thing. Now I'm traveling around or walk, not traveling around, but walking around with a picture of my vaccination record in my phone. So if anyone wanted to say, Hey, have you, you know, have you had your back? I can, I can prove it, you know? Right. And I, I would think entering some other country, I don't think that's unreasonable for some other country to want to protect their populace from something. It's a new age, Dave. You know, you go to uh, what you go to Hawaii and the native Hawaiians tell you how when the I believe it was the Spanish showed up, they they carried a kind of a recessive like smallpox um, and, it, and it wiped out huge amounts of the Hawaiian people. And so I think that, you know, a, a country or people has a vested interest in, in protecting themselves. Well, yeah. A, a, and for the public safety and welfare. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. So Thompson goes on in his article um, to say this and check this out. Cause I thought this was really interesting. He says that he wrote last year and here's a quote, a major crisis has a way of exposing what is broken and giving a new generation of leaders a chance to build something better often in surprising ways. The Great Chicago Fire of 1871 contributed to the invention of the modern skyscraper. The East Coast Blizzard of 1888 led to the first American subway system. The COVID-19 pandemic killed 600,000 people and led to a paradigm shift in workers' power. Might not sound like a particularly obvious cause and effect, but our responses to disasters can change the world in ways that are hard to foresee when we stare into the maw of the original crisis. Interesting, huh, Nick? Very. Yeah, I mean, maybe there'll be some good things. Well, obviously, there's going to be some good things out of all this difficulty, but uh, maybe people are rethinking how and when they work and how much they want to work and... Um, you know, something interesting to think about. Now, yeah. if we're looking at all this cause and effect, I think this means that there's a lot of mobility out there and there's a lot of opportunity. Maybe it's time to move up. How about each of you out there, listeners? Time to move up, time to do something different, time to do something that's maybe a little more of a side gig. Hmm. Something to think about. Well, I think that's about all the time that we have here this week. Uh, no emails, 
Nick, great to see you. Thanks for taking a break and joining us. We miss you. Dave, it's been a pleasure too, and I missed you and Brian. (laughs) Great to see you. Hey, everybody out there, have a great week, and that's a wrap. This is Dave Hagan, and you've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast. You've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. If you have a question that you would like Dave to answer on the podcast, go to thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com. You can leave an audio message with one click of a button or type your message into the question box. Either way, it's sent right to Dave's phone. Remember, Dave will randomly draw from the submitted questions and pick the winner of a free one-hour personal conversation with Dave to help you achieve your financial goals. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you receive the new episode notifications or share the podcast via the app with your family and friends. This is your announcer, Nick Appel, wishing you every financial success.